if you permit me just uh, by show of hands, I'm just kind of curious. Raise your hand if you have ever heard of the man, uh, the boxer Jack Johnson. Anybody ever heard of Jack Johnson? Okay. So maybe about 20 of us. Historian Ken Burns, one of my favorite historians, he said recently that Jack Johnson was perhaps the most important athlete of the last century. It's ironic because like almost nobody in our own time has even heard of him. If you think about the amazing athletes of the last century, and this guy's virtually unknown. So if you're not familiar with Jack Johnson, he was the first African-American heavyweight champion of the world. And he wasn't the best boxer, he wasn't the fastest, he wasn't the strongest. But <laughs> what made him such a great boxer, believe it or not, was the fact that he had this amazing ability to crawl inside the head of his opponent and break them down from the inside out, not from the outside in. So when you would box Jack Johnson, you know, if you're boxing somebody, they usually come at you angry, right? You ever seen those UFC guys are angry? But like Jack Johnson didn't do that. When you boxed him, he would smile. He would laugh. He's like taunting the guy he's fighting. So he's like, they called him the smiling boxer. So you can imagine this made these guys he was boxing just livid because he's like laughing at them and smiling and like cutting up with them. And he would eventually break them down and they lost. One man after he fought Jack Johnson, he said, he said, that man crawled inside my head and did a number on my brain. Died in 1946. Jack Johnson was a fine human being. This is why I'm sharing this with you. Because have you ever noticed that some people can kind of be like Jack Johnson for us? Like they'll crawl inside our head and do a little number on our brain. Do you worry about what other people are thinking about you? You ever, you ever worry about that? Because some people obsess about what other people think about them. It's my job to make everybody happy. I'm the peacemaker. Right? Some people, if they, especially if they come from dysfunctional families, we've got to keep the peace. It's my job to keep the peace. Everything is fine. Right? But what do, you, do you ever worry about what other people think about you? I mean, some of that is normal, but some people take that to the nth degree. They're so concerned about their, what other people think. But here's the thing, you can't be happy that way. If your peace depends on what other people think, you will never, ever find happiness. Ever. It cannot depend on the peanut gallery. Here's my point. Don't put your peace in the hands of others. And here's the truth. Because many people, it's not that they want to rob your peace, but we often think that they're thinking about us and they haven't even thought about us. Why are they not thinking about us? Anybody want to take a crack at that one? They got their own issues. They got their own things they're worried about. So if, if you want to walk away with three words from Father Ben this morning, don't flatter yourself. 
okay? I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news. They're probably not even thinking about you because they've got their own things they're struggling with, okay? But we often will build this up. You know, at the time of St. Paul and St. Peter in Rome, as you know, St. Paul and St. Peter were killed by Emperor Nero in the first century, same day. St. Paul was beheaded, St. Peter crucified upside down. At the same time in Rome, there was a Greek philosopher named Seneca. And this is what Seneca said, and I'm quoting. He said, we often suffer more in our own imagination than in reality. We often suffer more in our own imagination than in reality. In other words, we build things up in our mind that are just not true. And one of the things that often happens with regards to that is people that are so hyper-concerned about other people's opinion of them, their reputation, right? You can't be happy that way. I mean, think about, like, Jesus. I, I hope everybody's heard of that guy, okay? So Jesus, I mean, all throughout his entire ministry, they were gossiping about him. He couldn't even go to his own hometown because they wanted to kill him. And these are people that grew up with him, okay? St. Faustina Kowalska, whose image, the Divine Mercy image is on the back wall, so she received that in 1930. St. Faustina, who was a nun in Poland, all the other nuns were constantly talking about her, gossiping about her. Oh, you, you think you've seen Jesus, please. I mean, if Jesus would appear to anybody, it'd be me. Right? <laughs> so she had to keep going and focus her attention on Christ. St. Kateri Tekawitha, for instance, amazing Native American nun, or, or a saint, I should say. She lived in New York, and she had pockmarks. She had scars in her cheeks from having had smallpox, and all the a lot of the people in her tribe, they were constantly gossiping about her behind her back. And so, same thing. She had to make the decision to focus on Christ and let the people talk. Let them talk. If we put our peace in the hands of others, we're never going to be happy, ever. It's impossible. Doesn't mean that their opinions don't matter. Doesn't mean they don't matter. What it means is my peace does not depend on what you think of me period. You know, it's funny, when my first uh, month here, I've shared with some of you, as much as I love this parish, my first month here is a challenge because we were on the second notice for the utility bill. This is in July. They were going to cut the power, no air conditioning, and people are very patient in church, but if you don't have the air conditioning, they'll never find your body as a priest. I mean, I'll be next to Jimmy Hoffa somewhere, okay? They'll never find me. So first, first month here, um, we didn't have uh, money to buy food, to, groceries, for Father Jose and I. Some of you may remember Father Jose, who was here at the time. And uh, so Father Jose and I were getting food out of the St. Vincent de Paul food pantry, which is what people, when they leave food here near the doors, that's how we were eating. And so uh, I felt horrible. I felt horrible 
as a, as a pastor, and I kept thinking to myself, gosh, poor Father Jose, he must be thinking, what a, an incompetent pastor I work for. I mean, this guy can't even get his groceries. Come on, right? So I built this up in my mind, and I finally ate humble pie, and I sat him down. I was like, Father, look, I, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that we're in this situation. And he laughed. And he was like, man, I hadn't even thought of that. I hadn't even thought of that. He's like, don't worry about it. I'm having tacos every night with the people. It's great. Okay? That same night, that same day, I go to the mailbox, and one of our parishioners had left two Kroger cards in the mail. So I went to Kroger, and I got like 15 boxes of oatmeal cream pies. It's awesome. It's awesome. My stomach was not too happy, but it was great. But, you know, we can, point being is that we can often build things up in our own imagination. Seneca was right. Our imagination can often be far worse than reality if we're not careful. You alone, Jesus, are my rock, my fortress, my stronghold, my God in whom I stand firm, says the Psalms. I'll close with this. So, as you know, in 1865, in this country, uh, the Civil War ended. And at the time, there was two major war heroes, okay? Ulysses S. Grant and William Tecumseh Sherman. Sherman was a uh, general under Grant. So they came back, and they were both, everybody was, you know, they were, love these guys. You know, they were like Elvis. Everybody wanted to be around them, and they both said to the, everyone said to them, you need to run for office. Sherman, who was a very devout Catholic, said, no, you know what? I don't want to do that. I want to retire with my wife, my kids, I just disappear. So that's what he did. He retired, avoided politics. Grant, as you know, became the 18th president of the United States, and I think in as much as he did some amazing things as a general, most would agree his presidency was pretty ineffective to be generous. And one of the reasons why he, was, he wasn't able to do much is he was according to his historians, paralyzed by the opinions of others. He was paralyzed by the opinions of others. He had people on the left mad at him, people on the right mad at him, and somewhere in the middle he was waffled, cooked on both sides. So he's paralyzed, trying to make everybody happy, right? Grant died the same day he finished writing his memoirs. But the last period died the same day. And I share this with you because sometimes it's important for us not only to know what to do, but to know what not to do. And we can learn from someone like Grant that you can't be happy that way. Look, we're never going to make everybody happy. As Mother Teresa said, you cannot go through life without making a few enemies. But once we realize that, it's pretty liberating. Because we say, while you matter and your opinions matter, 
ultimately my peace does not depend on that. It's on Jesus Christ.